0: You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast, aka Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder why haven't I done that yet? On this episode, meet Whitney Washington. She is a filmmaker intrigued by human-powered travel and had a dream to go on a long-distance bike tour. So she dusted off her childhood mountain bike and said to herself, what am I capable of? And guess what? She hopped on that bike in Washington, D.C. and is currently about halfway across the U.S. She's loosely following the Great American Rail Trail, and I think, think you'll find her story inspiring. I sure did. And hey, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast and give it a thumbs up if it's deserving. It helps me out a lot. Also, a quick shout out to Simmons Electric, our newest sponsor. Simmons Electric is a huge supporter of Iowa Bike Trails. Thanks, Mike and everyone at Simmons Electric for supporting the podcast and for supporting bikes. Okay, here is Whitney to talk about her transformative journey and the strength she has gained with every pedal stroke. Okay, well, on the show today is Whitney. Hey, Whitney. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Good. Well, you're what? A bit tired. Yeah. Well, and you <laughs> you have the right to be. So, listeners, if you don't know who Whitney is, she is in the middle of biking all across the United States. And I think I, think I read on your social media that's around 3,700 miles, hmm. which is mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, it's been, it's definitely been an adventure because I've learned a lot about how I See this journey. Yeah. Wherever you like, pedal that I've been going. So it's been good.
0: Yeah. And I, we talked a little bit about this before uh, we started recording, but I have been following you along on your Instagram page, which is just really a treat to see. And saw that you were in Iowa, which is where Mm -hmm. I live. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I reached out to you, just missed you by a day in my own hometown. But here we are recording anyway, and you are currently still in Iowa, so you're like halfway across the United States. Dare I say already? Yeah, I'm almost.
1: I'm almost there. I'm going, in, I'll be heading into Nebraska in the next few days, and and continuing
0: from there. Yes. Crazy, (laughs) excellent. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to talk about uh, this whole adventure of biking across the United States. But real quick, first, do you want to tell listeners where you live uh, when you're not biking across the U.S. and what the cycling culture is like there?
1: Mm, I live in Jacksonville, Florida, Mm. and um, cycling culture. I don't. I couldn't tell you what like the cycling culture is, but we do have a lot of like. Um, parks out there, and there are a lot of bike, bike, bike trails, and and you know people are out there and mm-hmm. um, riding their bike and enjoying. You can go by the beach, you can go to the um, forest. So we have a we have an array of like different sceneries to see, um, but I. I I personally wouldn't know much about that culture itself because this journey has definitely been my, uh, my learning experience of what cycling is and <laughs> the adventures it could bring.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's like perfect segue into, you know, here you are on this long distance bike tour. Can you tell us maybe what your motivation was? Hmm. Yeah, I've been fascinated with,
1: I guess, like human-powered travel. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I really wanted to know what I was capable of after a certain while. and, uh, And in general, just like, I think us as humans are far more capable than, you know, we give ourselves credit for, or even Mm. the world gives us credit for. And, um, as a person who has been fat my entire life, I I always kind of question a lot of these thought processes around, um, my body. And I just didn't particularly believe like this one thing was all I could do or I had to lose weight to, uh, to accomplish these things mm-hmm. you know but cycling wasn't like biking across america wasn't even the original one i just wanted to do some kind of long distance trip i guess it was the idea like i kind of just want to go mm-hmm. and i'll figure it out as time goes on you know and um but last year i got my bike fixed and when i got on the bike i was like this, this is it. This is this is how I will do my first, you know, long distance trip, and um, and that it, it kind of just started to spark, you know, my my imagination, and mm-hmm. it made me decide to go after this dream of mine, and so that's what I did.
0: Nice. And I think, you know, I'll, I'll speak for myself, this is you're doing something that I have dreamed of for a long time. And there's a big difference between dreaming about it, and then actually just saying, the heck with it, I'm going to go do it. So like, can you take us through that journey of, like, okay, once you decided, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get on my bike, I'm, I'm getting my bike fixed, I'm just going to go do it. How did you figure out how to do it? Right. I think um,
1: one of the biggest steps that I had to do was commit to it. Yeah. Once I said yes, it kind of. This might sound I don't know if the word is cliche, but it really kind of just fell into place. Mm. You know where like the information and um, the gear and everything like that. Like, um, I am a filmmaker and so I, I'm fascinated by stories. And one of the biggest things, you know, I was just always consuming the stories of other people's adventures. And so I was, I was obviously collecting the information of different types of gear that I could possibly need when I'd watch other people's, um, videos and, um, Even to the idea of just like if it was the most basic year, because everything else might have been expensive, you know, so I was was learning about that, as I was watching these stories. And so when I finally did commit, it was just about putting all of that information that I've been collecting together and being like, okay. So we're just gonna start basic. We're gonna get ourselves to the trail, and we'll figure it out from there. You know, we got mm-hmm. the panniers, we got the tools that we needed to camp. You know, I had my 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 sections um, uh, sectioned out to make sure I I I had at least the basics to make sure mm-hmm. I. Um, I would succeed, you know, because beyond a shadow of a doubt, I knew I was going to make it to Washington. I just needed to figure out how to get there. So mm-hmm. that was that, that was what I did. Yeah.
0: And do you um, recall that first day, like how you felt or what you thought about or if like just how that first day went? Mm,
1: when i got on trail
0: yeah when you're very first you're like all right this is happening (laughs) (laughs) oh i remember that (laughs) differently because
1: i realized you know it's funny because my parents they dropped me off at the amtrak station uh the day before it was the 14th uh and and my dad was just like you you have a, a lot of stuff it's, this is this is very heavy and I was like it's not that heavy it's it, you know uh, this is exactly what I need. you know I, I made sure and everything I rode my bike within everything <laughs> and then I got to Washington DC and I realized my bike was just unrideable because it was so, so heavy, heavy. <laughs> and I was like oh my god and like and now I've been watching this sea. It's morning time. And and it's the first time in a long time because I was inside for the entirety of, 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 of uh, lockdown. So this is the first time in a long time I've been out there. And oh, I was yeah. just so overwhelmed because there was a lot of people in D.C. And, and then I had to get to the trail. And at the time, I was like... Nineteen miles. I can do nineteen miles to the trail. Now again, when I was at the Amtrak, my bike was unrideable, so I'm pushing my bike through Washington DC. Mm-hmm. And I got to the other side, uh I I think I got it like maybe ten miles or something pushing my bike. Eventually I called a lift and and I got the most amazing lift driver who helped me get his car his, his my bike in his hatchback we figured out how to get it in there wow. and he brought me to the he brought me to the campsite and uh yeah I went from there and that day that that night it was the first night I was at camp and there was a thunderstorm the squirrel ate through my food bag oh. <laughs> like it's, uh, everything you know but I think at the end of the day, it was like I was out there. So it it wasn't as bad as it, like, I could have felt like it was. It was just like I was out there. And, um, yeah, that first day was definitely very memorable.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and we already know the answer, but obviously you got up that next morning and were like, I'm moving forward. I'm not going backwards. So you you kept going. I did. And
1: interestingly enough, I, I didn't get very far. (laughs) <laughs> I uh, I didn't have enough water that first that first day, mm. so I ran out of water, um, and I was like, five Oh, no, no, because in the beginning of this, you know, the campsites are a lot more spread out, so um, it was a long time before I could get to the next wa- well, and, uh, yeah, I ran out of water. It was a very hot day. Mm. But um, luckily, these people who were hiking that day on the CNO, they saw me and they saw that I was dehydrated, and they gave me some water. And the guy, the husband, he was holding my bike while I was drinking water, and he's like, "This, this, this is heavy." <laughs> like he realized it was insanely heavy. Um, luckily, they actually took me home with them. Hmm. And I was able to sort all of my stuff. I sent pretty much a majority of my stuff home and they brought me back to trail the 19th of June. And, and that's when I tell people, I, I actually started because that's when I really started because from there I kept going. Hmm. So, um, yeah.
0: Wow. And just, you know, hearing, you've already told a couple stories about some really good Samaritans and just people out there that are being helpful and I want you to tell the story about your bicycle like you what you started with as far as gear and bike is different from what you are using now and do you want to tell that story? A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. Sure. So um, my first bike
1: that I, so I had, there's three bikes on this trip. The very first bike was my childhood bike. It was a Jeep mountain bike, um, and by its, I think it was steel. I think that's what they, it was. And mm-hmm. by itself, it was already a very heavy bike, mm. and um, and plus I was too short for it, so it was an uncomfortable bike. And uh, I was, I got pretty far with it. I got to about Hagerstown. I think Hagerstown is West Virginia or it could be still Maryland and I ended up staying at a hotel and there's a dick sporting goods and I ended up buying a new bike mm. and giving away my old bike to a kid and then I started off with a new bike and it was a Schwinn hybrid mountain bike in the hotel room I put all the stuff that was on my old bike on the new one the back rack the front rack everything wow and i went along with my journey from there um and when i ended the gap the great allegheny passage i ended up in pittsburgh and at my warm showers before i went to sleep i got a text message from uh someone from the um, rails to trails organization and he's like so our board member wants to upgrade your bike um he wants to give you a brand new bike and some gear to help you continue with your journey he's been seeing been watching your story and he's been inspired to um, help you out and i was like (laughs) wow (laughs) wow wow (laughs) And that, that's what he did. He ended up uh, before, like in the beginning, because of the whole bike shortages, it it took a bit longer. And he's like, but I'm, I'm going to get you this bike. He ended up driving. I got myself to Rochester, Indiana, and he drove from Chicago to Rochester, Indiana with his mobile bike mechanic shop. And he got me a bike fit and he put the racks on got new bags and everything and then he took my old bike and he shipped it home to my parents house and Mm. um yeah and then I kept going on my new bike and yeah I'm just incredibly grateful for the way that people have been like so supportive of this journey
0: yeah that's that's an amazing story (laughs) in itself like um, as far as like, if you think back to those first, you know, maybe the first week or so versus now has your, um, I'm going to call it your daily strategy, but has, mm. has it changed as you have evolved as a, you know, cross country cyclist, you know, have you mm. changed where you're staying, how far you're going?
1: Yeah, it's definitely, it it definitely shifts, um, depending on, you know, where I am and what I'm doing. Um, like, for example, being here in in, in Iowa, you know, I, <laughs> the Iowa Hills have been, you know, they've been testing me. <laughs> and I, I realized, you know, I had to be very realistic. And so, like, one of the days I was going to, like, what I would do is I would try to, like, up my mileage. Mm-hmm be like okay so 40 has been my max i'd like to attempt 50 and there was a day that i was going to attempt 50 miles and it was the worst day to do that <laughs> cause it was hot it was humid and there was just a whole lot of hills and uh, i ended up you know uh, i definitely ended up overheating but luckily you know and like the right people seem to always come along mm. when i need them because a nurse was a cyclist she saw me on the um the hills struggling and uh picked me up got me water and helped me get to the hotel I was heading to wow you know and so I had to like make sure I was paying attention like here in this terrain I need to be realistic and go 30 miles 40 miles you know and and that's what I had to learn over time mm-hmm. like Being realistic with what I can do at the time and being able to um, push a little bit forward when I know it's okay to do so, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't think I really grasped the idea of, like, the Iowa Hills until that day. And so um, my strategy definitely shifts depending on, like, you know, what is going
0: on? (laughs) Yeah. And it, you know, it's, and it really doesn't even matter your fitness level at that point, because like you said, if it's hot and humid and you're out of the basics, like water or food and you have to deal with Hills, it really doesn't matter how strong you are. I mean, it's just, you got to listen to your body. So you do and I think things can be like, there's
1: just so many different, um, uh, variables that can shift you know because like here in Iowa Google could send you on a uh, a gravel road and now you're on a gravel road for 10 miles that is still silly mm. and that can suck up so much energy mm-hmm. or if there's like no trees and you're just in the beating sun or or like one of the things was like when shoulders disappear and then like if you're not like the most strongest, cyclist on on the side of the road now your anxiety goes up you yeah. know and and all these different things shift um, and so you have to like pay attention to yourself be very aware of yourself mm-hmm. so that you can make sure you get to where you need to go mm-hmm. um, and yeah so it doesn't necessarily have to just only be the physical your physical strength um, you have to listen to your entire self mm-hmm.
0: And for the most part, I'm assuming it's just you and the world. It's not like you are with a a pack of cycling friends going across the United States. Yeah. It's you and your thoughts. Exactly. Wow. Do you want to share with us maybe a few favorite moments as far as, you know, have you have have a memory of a favorite place as far as scenery or wildlife or just a town you really enjoyed? Hmm. I think some of my favorite
1: moments is probably rolling into small towns and, like, meeting, like, random people. Mm. There is a town in Indiana. uh, I had rolled into, um, I was doing a 40-mile day. And my stomach started to hurt. I was getting cramps. And and so I rolled into this town, and I kind of just sat at the park. And eventually, this lady came up in her truck, and uh, she's like, she she was checking on me to make sure I was okay, mm. and um, and then she's like, okay, um, well, the bathroom's over there. Make sure you're okay, and if you need any, if you need anything, this is my number. I'm the town uh, ventriloquist. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like. Place, <laughs> and and I was like, I was like, I've heard that word before, but what what is that again? <laughs> and she's like, Yeah, yeah, with puppets. I got all sorts of puppets. Oh my! And I God. was like, I was like, huh? I, and there's this part of me. I was just, like, really curious. Like, I really wanted to see this.
0: (laughs) But Uh, it also makes me think it's, like, a scene in a horror movie. Like,
1: (laughs) come come to my basement
0: and see my ventriloquist.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting because I do realize I I definitely can be very, you know, open. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you would be like, yeah, that sounds like a scene in a horror movie. Yeah, I'm just like... (laughs) i want to see it really twisted. <laughs> 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 you know but she like eventually drove off and then she, she came back to make sure and um she ended up buying me lunch oh wow and then she had brought me to her house and that's when uh, uh, she had let me see the the puppets and she, just watching her do the the puppet, I was like, wow! She, I mean, she's like really good. You, you, yeah, you know, like what you assume. And she like tours around uh, the country doing shows and she goes to like ventriloquist uh, uh, events and stuff like wow. that. It was just very fascinating. And then I just like went on my way, and um, and I think that. that I think that's one of the most interesting things like a lot of these small towns are just so colorful with like Mm -hmm. people who are just living their everyday lives and you know you you just randomly come across a ventriloquist and, and then you just keep going and yeah yeah That was definitely
0: one of the fun parts, yeah. Wow, and (laughs) and now she has a story about you. You know, I met this woman who was biking across the United States, and helped her out, and so it's a, it's both ways. That's pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah. Anything beat you up as far as? Well, we already talked about hills and some (laughs) humidity, but any anything that is memorable that kind of changed almost changed your mind. Probably the CNO, mm. <laughs> the CNO
1: trail definitely. You know, I recently really like sat down and thought about it. At first, I was like, I don't think the CNO is a good trail for beginners, but you know, thinking about it now, the CNO definitely can get you ready to do the rest of America. Like, if you're gonna. Do like the Great American Rail Trail? Like mm-hmm. it does very much help you get ready because, like, um, one, it, it does have the camping spots uh, every few. Like, I think it starts from ten miles and then it goes down to like every four to eight miles or something. And so it lets you get acclimated with doing longer miles over time. But then uh, you know you there. <clears throat> if you're like a slow person like I was you know there, there will most likely be like problem solving that you're gonna have to figure out mm, you know sure. getting over the down trees how are you gonna get through this mud how are you gonna um, are you gonna stay at this uh, campsite even though it doesn't have water and you might not have enough water right it, it makes you think very critically but I also think it, it helped me get through a lot of uh, the mental things because in the beginning like I'm pretty sure on the CNO, I wanted to quit several times because like one, you'd feel very lonely because it is a green tunnel. Mm. And so like you're by yourself for the longest time. And I'm like, I don't like this, Mm -hmm. but it, it, it it makes you like, depending on like the, the person for me, at least it made me really think deeply about like, you know, am I going to give up? Mm. Am I going to keep going? You know, like every single day, I was going through that cycle, and there was many times where I'm like, "Okay, I, I would, I think I'm just gonna get off the trail and get a ride to the Gap or something," um, but I, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't, it and it, it really kind of helped me create the strategy of um, complain while I'm out there. Once I get to my campsite, my lodging, just let it go. Mm. And, and allow myself to enjoy the fact that I'm alive and I've made it and I'm existing and all those different small things, you know and and that and that helped a lot because I did finish the C and O, you know, and I mm-hmm. did finish the gap and yeah, I I definitely think that the C and O was definitely very hard and it might have also been too because it was the very first thing out of the gate Mm -hmm. you know it was my first experience so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um yeah it beat me up a lot but it did help me grow considerably quickly to continue into ohio yeah on the roads and whatnot
0: (laughs) yeah it sounds like the mental strength, uh, increased dramatically over that. Um, and on a side note, I'm actually biking the CNO and the gap, uh, starting next week. So I've got, um, you know, I'm going to tuck that away what you just said so that I can, you know, kind (laughs) of maybe get a little bit more jacked up mentally. So I'm ready for those muddy and bumps and gravel and rocks and stuff. Yes. Yes. Hopefully you
1: don't have rain, but o- overall you'll you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Good deal. Uh, so, with that said, you know you kind of just gave me a few ideas of what to expect when I am on the CNO. But mm. um, you've been doing this for a couple of months now, so mm. I'm calling you a pro. So, <laughs> do you have any pro tips as far as? You know, if you're going to bike across the country, you know, I guess for one example would be make sure you have enough water. But do mm. you have any must-bring items or must-wear or must-do things?
1: Mm. I mean, I, I think a lot of people uh, find it crazy, but I think my, uh, my Crocs, they're they're
0: very comfortable. Oh god, a lot of people, a lot of people have asked you about your Crocs, haven't they? Yes. I, I just kind of laugh when I'm like, "This woman is biking across the United States, and everybody wants to know about her shoes." Like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean, I think the Crocs
1: are are incredibly comfortable. Granted, these new ones, they they have the, the very hard bottoms. The first pair of Crocs, those orange ones, that I had. Those soft bottom ones, I don't, I don't recommend, mm-hmm. you know, you can feel the pedal, but these hard ones, like, they just work very well, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've had to walk 10 miles in gravel, i walked in those, like, and I had other shoes, like, and I got blisters and stuff, I, I don't have blisters with these, they're, they're just very comfortable, just as an all-around shoe, mm-hmm. you know, um. I mean, now granted, that's just me, mm-hmm. uh, and um, other stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I definitely agree. Most people having either like the bibs or the the padded shorts, those work fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think one of the biggest things that I would learn and reiterate from like the CNO thought process is like if you allow yourself to let the hard stuff just be while you're out there on the bike and then you let it go away. Once you get done, you know, I really do think that that process really makes it a lot easier to get up in the morning and do it again, you know, mm-hmm. because, um, like I I personally can't say like, I have days where I'm like, uh, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like at least at this point, point I haven't particularly had those that thought process um do I question why am I doing this sure all the time but that's Mm -hmm. usually when I'm on the bike Mm -hmm. um but it doesn't make me not want to get back on the bike the next day so Mm -hmm. I do I think um if you can allow yourself to let the struggles of the day stay on the bike I think it helps a lot mentally um so you can keep going.
0: Speaking of keeping going, how are you dealing with navigation? Like are you mm. get to camp and then kind of make your plan for the next day? Or are you following maybe a paper map or a GPS? Or what's your method?
1: So my overall route is the Grand American Rail Trail. And I, I keep that route just to guide me forward. Do I follow it completely? Not necessarily. If mm-hmm. I think that there's some stuff that is just, I guess, unnecessary, I just, I might not go there and I will cut through. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like, like for example, uh, Ohio. The I didn't do the entire Ohio the Erie Trail. Um, and the big reason why is a lot of thunderstorms and I saw on the Ohio Erie Facebook page that there's a lot of flooding. So I was like, we're just not going to deal with the flooding. Mm -hmm. So I cut through Amish country straight through. So I didn't really see two of the seas. I only saw, I think I only went through Columbus. I think that's the one I went Mm through. And I cut through Ohio. So I didn't do the entirety of that trail. And I did that here in Iowa as well. Um, I went to Cedar Rapids then didn't go up to Waterloo. I instead went to Marshallstown and technically this route didn't even bring me into Des Moines. But I did that because for me, you know, I don't do big miles. So mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure I had places to stay and I was safe <clears throat> before nightfall. So you know I, I definitely adjust the navigation to how far I think I'm going to ride um, based on, you know, the elevation, mm-hmm. climbing that day, what the the routes that are available to me. And, mm-hmm. um, when I entered Iowa, somebody gave me an Iowa paper map, and um, I've been using that as well. That's the, this is the first time i had had a paper map, but it's been very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, I just go as far as I am able to, um, and able to, uh, find lodging by the end of the night.
0: Mm -hmm. And you did, you mentioned it once and we probably should, uh, go a little bit further into it, but you use uh, what's called warm showers. And Mm -hmm. do you want to tell the listeners kind of what that is for people who have never heard of it? A quick interruption to give a shout out to Primal Wear. Cycling is their passion and apparel is their craft. So if you're in the market for a new jersey, bibs, mask, or any cycling apparel, go to PrimalWear.com and use code PRIMALMURPH to get 20% off your purchase. Yes, 20% off. Now back to the show. Sure. Yeah,
1: I learned about Warm Showers on Trail. It is an app that connects you with, cyclists or people who know cyclists and they will host you at their homes. Um, sometimes they'll give you a spot to camp in their backyard or other times they give you a room and your private bathroom and they'll feed you and you can get a shower and you can also um, wash your clothes. And um, yeah, I, I really, I appreciate warm showers because it also gives you the ability to learn Especially as a newbie myself, like, have better routes to get somewhere, or um, they'll look at your bike for you. Mm -hmm. Just even, like, really cool stories about places that you're heading, or places that you might want to go. Yeah, so it's cyclists who have been doing their bicycle touring, or they're just road cyclists, and they just like helping bicycle tours along their journey
0: so I just love the idea of warm showers because it's also mm-hmm. you know like you said it's a great place to stay even if it's in somebody's backyard but more importantly it's local so you're yeah getting somebody who has the same mindset as you who might tell you a cool place that you have to go see or skip this place or this bridge is out or all kinds of like the the secret things that aren't really supposed to be secret, but you just, if you don't know, you don't know.
1: Absolutely.
0: Mm, That's great. So we kind of talked about, you know, how you go about tackling each day on a bike ride, you know, by just saying, let the day before go, start your day out fresh. Any advice Hmm. you would give to somebody who's considering a long distance tour like this?
1: Hmm. I first understand if, you want to do a long-distance one. Because I do think, like, um, the advice of doing a shorter tour mm-hmm. is, is very helpful. Um, I know for, like, myself specifically, I probably wouldn't have ever done a shorter tour. I was definitely someone that I just needed to go mm-hmm. and learn along the way. And if you're that type of person, I completely think... You should do just that, you know. Give yourself like find the trail or the route that gives you the ability to learn in your best way. Mm-hmm. You know, that for me, obviously, doing trails was this rail trail was best for me because the CNO had all the camping spots, so I could go five miles a day in the beginning and mm-hmm. grow as I needed to. You know, but if you're someone who thinks you can do longer, you know, find your best trail that fits you Mm. and just allow yourself to go. I do think that is one of the biggest things that I've learned on this trip is you have to let yourself do you. Like, Mm -hmm. don't let somebody try to tell you how your journey is supposed to work. You need to allow your journey to be specifically yours. Mm Um, And that that's what will make it enjoyable.
0: So, wow, that's, that's awesome. And then um, how would you, like, I don't even know if you have thought about this much, because you're in the middle of this tour. But do you feel like, you know, you've gained confidence and strength about just cycling and about being, you know, out on your own by yourself, just have you feel like you've seen a change in your own psyche?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah? 100%. Yes. Before, I was definitely very scared and very, very jumpy and very closed off. And, uh, you know, and I also wasn't very good at paying attention to myself. And when you're cycling, when you're out there, you eventually have to pay attention to yourself. Uh, You know, if you want to make sure you don't get hurt and you want to make sure that you're more efficient, you know, all those Mm -hmm. different things. And, and as I saw myself grow, you know, I was like, wow, I can lift myself up onto my seat and I can, uh, lean the bike to turn and Mm -hmm. all the little things that, uh, I wasn't doing in the beginning. I was seeing myself do because I was becoming stronger and I was becoming more aware.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So yeah, I've definitely seen myself grow, and you know now, unlike when I was on the CNO, um, you know I'm I'm completely okay with being alone. You know, it's not something that stresses me out. Mm -hmm. The CNO, I think, is just because it was the beginning, and I was just like questioning everything, like why am I even doing this? But like now, it's just okay. Let's make the best decision to get you from point A to point B mm. and um, so that you can keep going and then yeah that's that's just what it's been mm. um, so yeah I've definitely grown hundred percent
0: and just think you still have a lot of miles to go so you are going oh, to yeah. I I maybe we should plan to talk when you hit the West coast. Cause I would love to hear you at that point. Cause then you're just going to be like, Oh yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm just going to go around the world at this point. Cause I, now I just love it. So.
1: <laughs> oh no. Oh oh no. I, I plan to bike around the world. That is a oh thing. cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, even
1: though I've been out here, you know, there has, that was something that I wanted to do before I started this. And being out here has not deterred that dream one bit. Um, I'm going to bike around the world. 100%. Awesome.
0: Well, okay. So <laughs> in the meantime, is there a place I already, I know there is a place, but can you tell the listeners where they can follow you along on this adventure?
1: Sure. com slash recapturing life. And then, uh, Facebook.com slash recapturing life FB. Both of those, I update as often as possible mm-hmm. with the stories of the road.
0: I'm telling you, I follow you on Instagram and I thoroughly enjoy just seeing just the videos that you do and the scenery that you see and, you know, dealing with issues, whether like the bike issues or I guess we didn't even talk about it, that your your food bag was stolen either by an animal mm-hmm. or a person. And just like your attitude is just really uh, inspiring because you're just like you know, I'm sure in your mind, you're like, crap, now what am I going to do? But instead, you're just kind of like, well, on with life we go, and I can replace it. And I'm still alive and safe and all that good stuff. So yeah,
1: yeah, that's the biggest thing. You know, you just have to allow yourself to understand that you just keep going. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay, you just keep going. And we'll be able to replace a tenfold later so
0: yeah yeah well before we go anything that you want to kind of give a shout out to whether it's you know we talked about your Instagram and your um, Facebook page but any gear or nonprofits or websites that you want to share
1: oh I mean I'll definitely give a shout out to uh Wheel and Sprocket the bike shop that gave me the new bike oh yeah I uh I very much appreciate how they went above and beyond to upgrade my bike and to even send my old bike home. They've been, they were so amazing. Mm-hmm. Mr. Noel, Royal to Trails has been so amazing as well. They've really been helping me through this, this journey, trying to help me navigate where I'm going to go next. And, and then also Black People Who Hike, they're one of the organizations that, Um, from the beginning they just reached out to want to help me get out there Mm -hmm. you know they were the ones that were encouraged me to create the GoFundMe I wasn't planning to create the GoFundMe but I see the beauty of that because it not only obviously uh, sent me funds but a lot of people found me because of it Mm -hmm. and they the the stories that I get from people who message me just I, I'm just so in awe that people are so inspired by this story you know I was planning to just do this by myself with my savings and and but the fact that there are so many people that are inspired by this and encouraged by this journey like mm-hmm. I, I will make sure I do my best to um, share more.
0: Excellent. Well, Whitney, I am so thankful that you took the time uh, out of your journey to talk to me on the podcast and share your story and um, hopefully you have enjoyed your time in Iowa. Oh I have i could <laughs> I could see myself living here this is this place is incredibly amazing awesome so awesome. Well, thank you so much and keep up the great work inspiring so many people.. Uh, No problem. I will try. Well, listeners, that's it for this week. Whitney is such a great storyteller, and I just loved interviewing her. And thanks to Rails to Trails, Black People Who Hike, Warm Showers, and a good pair of Crocs, Whitney is living the journey of a lifetime rolling across the US. If you would like to financially support Whitney, her GoFundMe page is called Whitney's Bike Ride Across America. Email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com if you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting. Support my podcast at patreon.com backslash morphology visit my instagram page for daily entertainment and check out my website for all kinds of bicycle stuff i'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of morphology and this quote comes from today's guest whitney let the hard stuff just be while out there on the bike and then let it go when you're done that process makes it much easier to get up and do it again think about it